Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fancast Fridays. The weekend's here. It's Wolves versus Man United this weekend. Tonight, I've got with me Gully. Uh, sorry. No. I've, got me, I've got with me Luke, because Gully couldn't be bothered to turn up because he's too busy on Twitter getting into spats over Messi playing in the sixth best league in the world, which is two divisions above the Wolverhampton Sunday League. How are you doing, Luke? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a good day. Um, do you know what? I'm quite disappointed Goodies and on here today because I've enjoyed winding him up for the majority of the day. It's been, it's been, it's been good. He just he can't help himself, can he? He just spites nah, all the time. He, he can't accept that Cristiano's better than Messi, but I'm sure that everyone in the comment section will have their own opinions on that. Let's quickly um, touch on the Forest game the other night, Luke. What was your thoughts on that? You know the old saying about buzzes coming in twos, well, they came in fours the other night. What was your thoughts on the result? Fantastic result. I mean, look how many times over the seasons we've we've had a cup draw like that and we've come away losing one nil. Exactly. I mean, that was a struggle. Stoke as well last season. Over the years, we've had some horrendous exits in the cup, and I know Forest ain't doing ain't, ain't doing great in in the Championship. They're really struggling, but still to go and put four past somebody, it's a it's a really good confidence builder. Off, you know, it looked like we, we built on the performance against Spurs at home. I think Silver getting two assists boosts his confidence. Paulden's getting on the score sheet, boosts his confidence. Trinko opening his account with Wolves, builds his confidence. And Gibbs White scoring a really good goal as well. That's surely going to build his confidence as well. So I think from that point of view, excellent, good run out. It was fantastic to see Morgan Gibbs White get that goal the other night. And to be fair, I said it on our Twitter page, summoned up the power of Adriano on Pro Evolution, the way he absolutely <laughs> rocketed it past the keeper. Great to see um, Daniel Paulden's back from... Um, from the highlights and what I've been told, he looked he looked sharp. He looked mm. like he, he could easily be pushing for a starting place the weekend. Probably come a bit early fitness-wise, but um, yeah, it's great to see him back. I know we had the discussion last season about um, Pedro Neto versus Daniel Podence. You obviously won the bet against Gully. Um, oh. Unfortunately, um, well, they both was unfortunate with injuries, wasn't they? Mm. Podence and Neto, but obviously uh, Podence struggled for the majority of the season. I'm just going to bring on our first uh, guest of the evening. It's uh, Scott Saunders from the um, the Promised Land podcast, uh, a part of the 90 Minute Network. Uh, bring on Scott now. How are you doing, Scott? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Just very well. Just well, having out, well, mate. What a, what a day! I tell you what. I tell you what. Uh, we spoke earlier on, and. This deal was not going to happen. This was Ronaldo was going to Manchester City, and things just changed at the drop of a hat, and now it's official. He's not he's not actually signed yet, but the deal's agreed. So, yeah, I'm just absolutely exhausted. The, today's been mad. You know what? Really... Scott, sorry, sorry, Luke. Me, on, me, and, me and Scott did a bit of a pre-record at lunchtime today, and I actually made um, a, a joke with Scott, which. Oh, I think I've actually might have got rid of the picture now, but I asked where Man City were going to put the welcome back to Manchester um, billboard. So for him to like, that's how quickly it changed at lunchtime, wasn't Mental. it, Scott? I mean, you, you must be buzzing at his back. Oh, honestly, uh, I was trying to convince myself that Ronaldo ended up joining City wasn't that bad a thing. I've seen a lot of fans upset that he would even consider the possibility of doing it. 
I tried to understand his reasoning for it because uh, City are just ready-made to win trophies. I kind of understood that, but I was trying to distance myself from it a little bit. But there was just a, just today, all around Ollie's press conference, where he kind, kind of came out and said, we're here for him if he wants to join us. He must have known something was going on. And the wave of the, the change in the mood in the United fan base from even this morning to now, it's just insane. I think the website crashed on the announcement. I'm just absolutely buzzing with it. Uh, they don't necessarily need him, but it's just the statement that it makes. You know, uh, they, they do need a proper number nine who can be there all the time and score goals. I think that's where, where he'll play the most. And what it'll do for the the young players in there who've idolised him for, you know, for years, Rashford, uh, Mason Greenwood, uh, Bruno Fernandes watched him in Portugal when he played for United growing up. It's just a, it's an incredible thing. Uh, so hopefully, wait, he's not going to make it for the Wolves game. Uh, so it's a positive. But um, <laughs> I might, I might Newcastle at home. Earlier, Scott, I think since um, Dennis Irwin pocketed him on his league debut for United back in 2003, it, it's probably ain't up for it. I think they could have pushed through this deal if you really wanted to, but <laughs> I think it might be a bit fried of Romain Soyes, the, the Moroccan Maldini. What's, what's your thoughts on the, the return of Cristiano, Luke? I, I just think it's hilarious how at 10 o'clock he was past it, according to my new fans, and by 4pm, is is the goat? He's the greatest of all time again. So I just like to see the fickleness. If I'm being honest, it makes me laugh. But I mean, I'll be honest, and, and I'll disrespect to Scott. I, I fucking hate Man United. I do. I can't stand them. And it, it only comes down to the amount of people from Wolverhampton that support Man United. So I can't stand them. But you've got to give credit where credit's due. And for me, Man United are serious, serious title contenders now. With the 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 activity they've done in the, in the transfer window, it, it propels them to to another level. It's it's ridiculous when you look at Man United's expenditure this month. Varane, Sancho, now Cristiano Ronaldo, and Arsenal have spent more than them. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. It just shows that you know you you, you haven't got to. All right, yeah, Man, you've still spent a fair bit, but it's it's more about the intelligence of what you bring in more so than the money that you throw at it. I think personally, anyway. Um, it's but I mean Ronaldo back in the Premier League, it's amazing. I mean my lad's gutted that he's not playing Sunday because as an eleven-year-old lad, you want to see Cristiano Ronaldo in the flesh, don't you? Regardless, thirty-four-year-old lad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, mate. Um, but you know, from a sort of adult, serious perspective, it's fantastic news for us that he's not registered in time to play. Um, what's your thoughts going into the game on Sunday, Scott? Do you think the likes of sort of Varane, Sancho? Um, what's what's the sort of latest on Cavani? Do you think he'll be featuring the weekend? Uh, I'm not sure on Cavani. I think he's been back in. Uh, he's back been back in training. He didn't make the squad last week, so they were looking at this game to potentially bring him back. I think he'll have a week's training behind him, or possibly longer. So he maybe may feature. I think you you'd likely see. Uh, Varane and Sancho actually start this game because I think the the Ronaldo this is just on my mind. Why am I talking about Ronaldo? The uh, the Southampton game last week was uh, it was quite underwhelming. Let's just say that I think United were outplayed in patches and there was a lot to be desired there. Uh, the midfield wasn't really connecting to the front that well. There were defensive errors and that kind of thing. And I think it's it was quite difficult last week to change a winning team that you know beat Leeds five one and played so well. It's probably difficult to make a change to the team 
that day, given Victor Lindelof had played quite well. And, you know, there's, there's other players in there as well who perhaps didn't deserve to be taken out of the team. Uh, but I think Sancho came on and he, he looked sharp. Perhaps he didn't get the service he needed. And Rafa Varane, I think, is chomping at the bit now to, to get in the team. So it's a, it's a better or it's an easier time for United to maybe make that change to bring Varane and Sancho in and they'll be mainstays in the in the team for, for the duration of the season, I would think. What's your, your thoughts on um, recent links to our Portuguese wonder boy, uh, Ruben Neves? So I like him. I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. Um, I'm not entirely sure whether he is the type of midfielder that United need. Um, I, I think there's a there's a bit of a split in the fan base as to whether United need a somebody who can connect the midfield to the front and pass pass the ball quite well. Or I think there's a, a larger part of the United fan base that think they just need an out and out DM, which I don't think Ruben Neves is. Uh, so perhaps he's not the right person in that sense. But if they do end up sticking with the double pivot in in midfield, you know, McTominay and Fred uh, or McFred uh, is the one. They, they are the two that uh, generally take the position. McTominay is injured. Uh, but, I, you know, there's been links all along. United haven't really wanted to pull the trigger on a midfield signing until they managed to get people out the door. And that was even before Ronaldo came in the picture. So I don't know how that will change things. There's a lot more expense now on the wage bill with Ronaldo coming in. Um, perhaps it'll be the case that United do still need to shift out other players and it might make might make space for it if they can find a deal with Wolves. But I don't know. I think it's a, it's a little bit less likely today, although I think he might fancy joining United a little bit more with Ronaldo there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that might be a bit of a, a, a nice persuasion tactic for United to use should Ruben decide to leave Wolves in hopefully in the non-too-near future. What's your sort of thoughts on Wolves' uh, outgoings at the moment, Luke, in regards to Adama and Neves? Do you think they'll still be in old gold come end of the window? Um, yes, although I'm not going to lie, I was getting twitchy with all the trail ride talk um, earlier on in the week with him going to Tottenham. Um, but I just think I just think it would be suicide if we let any of, of those two leave now. Um We've got to keep them. I think, you know, judging on the performances, not the results of the first two games, it's looked really promising. You know, there's there's definitely a good team in that squad somewhere. A few more additions and, and, you know, we'll be at the right end of the table. And I just think if we was to sell either Neves or Traore, it's it's just suicide. And I know Traore splits our fan base um, majorly, majorly splits the fan base. But for me, he's the one player we need to keep the most. Going into the game, um, Adama, Traore and Raul Jimenez are the two players in the top flight this season who have had the most shot, shots without scoring this season, 10 and 7 respectively. Are those your two um, main concerns for Wolves this weekend, uh, Scott? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Adama Traore is, you know, we've, you know he's got the, the abilities to hurt teams. It's just that kind of final product, but, you know, he is a... Uh, He's a scary player to play against a lot of the time. And Raul Jimenez, I think, was so important to... He is so important to Wolves, and I think he missed him quite a lot last season uh, with, his, with his injury. So I'm just... I'm glad he's back. I mean, you know, things are bigger than football, right? So that injury was uh, was not nice, and I'm just glad to see that he's back on a pitch again. I just hope he doesn't score this weekend. 
Do you expect um, Varane to come in this weekend knowing that United have failed to keep a clean sheet in, in their last 10 matches in all competitions? They have to sort that out. So, Victor Lindelof, uh, I think he played well against Leeds. Um, nice assist with one of Bruno Fernandes' goals. But I think after the way they defended against Southampton, perhaps a change is, is about right. And they do need to stop uh, you know, conceding goals and falling behind in games. Now, that with crowds there, I'm sure Molyneux is going to be bouncing. If United fall behind to Wolves, uh, it'll be a lot more difficult to, to get anything out of the game, let alone three points. So they need to make that transition at some point. I don't know whether it'll be after the international break, but I would probably expect that a player as experienced and as good as Varane can deal with it. And I think he will be the first choice centre-back with Harry Maguire. Moving forward, I think just think that they need to make that change as soon as possible, really, because that record is bad. It's not great, is it, Luke? Obviously, the amount of chances that we've created in our last three games, hopefully we can finally get some goals on our tally in the league on, on Sunday against United. Do you think that's that's going to happen? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm quietly confident. Um, like the, the, the results haven't been what we've wanted, but the performances have been really, really positive. Um, it's given us something to build on. I mean, before a ball was kicked, some fans had us relegated. So, you know, it's, it's it's changing the sort of mentality of the fan base as well. I think it's bringing a lot more positivity into the club, which is what we need. You know, the fans are going to be behind us 100% on Sunday. You know, I'm anticipating another fantastic atmosphere. Um, and it's one of them, isn't it? Because obviously you've just flagged up that man you have got to clean sheet in, what was it, 10 or 11 10. consecutive games. So it's Sod's law, isn't it, that they'll keep a clean sheet against us? It's just the way Wolves operate. But, you know, all jokes aside, it's... I do fancy us. I it's, it's crazy because, obviously, Man United, their transfer window has been absolutely fantastic. But I don't fear Man United how I used to back in the day. Like, Man United Man United at home, you know, I, I think we can we can look at it and think, let's, let's play on the front foot. Play on the front foot because they have got weaknesses that we can exploit. Um, you, you did sort of skirt around the fact then that um, United haven't kept a clean sheet in 10 games and Sod's Law and whatnot. Wolves have lost their last five league games. We haven't suffered this sort of streak since we got relegated in 2012. So is the Sod's Law <laughs> yeah, we'll a draw this weekend? <laughs> Probably, mate. You know how it works. You know, you, you've supported Wolves long enough. You know how, how we operate. I'm sure you've got another stat coming up as well, which... Which points to Wolves losing, <laughs> but it's, yep. it's one yeah, of them. Wolves could lose consecutive home league games against Man United since the sixties. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sod's law, isn't it? It's got to be. <laughs> We've got to get the win with all these stats working against here. United that that clean sheet stats pretty horrific for how high in the table they usually are. But is there any? Oh. Sorry, Luke. Is there any actual no. concern for you, Scott, that you don't win? on Sunday like you said this morning if you're going to be in, in the top races season you have to be winning games like this yeah I think that's the case uh, for sure I don't think there's a there's a real good uh, good feeling or there was a real good feeling around the signings that United had made that they could maybe step up and win the games that they were dropping points in. they dropped a lot of points to Wolves and since since Wolves have come back up uh, so it's always a difficult game 
perhaps our conversation might have changed since <laughs> since this morning uh, or when we last spoke because um, Ronaldo will help with winning these kinds of games. I mean, he does score a lot of goals and I think his goals will help decide games. He's not just a, a stat padder who just, you know, scores when United are already ahead or when his team are already ahead. He scores important goals. So I, I could see that helping out. Uh, but this weekend, they won't have him. So it, it's it's important. It's the third game of the season. And ultimately, when you, if you're a United fan or you, you're just looking at United objectively, you'd look at their first seven or eight fixtures and think they've got to be taking 20 to 20, 24 points out of their first eight games. And they've already dropped some. So these are all against teams who are, you know, I don't want to like uh, say anything bad, but you, you would expect like well, United squad to beat Wolves based on the players they've got. Uh, but it doesn't always work out that way. So United have got to do that because the teams who win the league do that better than anybody. That's just generally the case over the last few years. So I don't know. I'm still going for a 1-1 draw. I've got to be honest. I don't really have that confidence that United will get it done. But I think over the course of the season, they will manage uh, to pick up more points with Ronaldo and the team. We've mentioned it before, haven't we, Luke, about how uh, we both rate uh, Mason Greenwood and he's, he could become the, the second teenage scorer in his team's first three Premier League games of the season since Robbie Fairlow in the mid-90s. player that we think might be in the running for the, the World Cup squad at the end of the season. Is, is he one of your main worries, Luke, for Sunday? Yeah, I just think he's absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's, he's, he's intelligent for his age. Um, he's quick. He's strong. Left foot, right foot. He can go either way. He's a he's gonna be a real real top talent. I saw something. I think it was on Sky Sports or BBC in the week. It had the top. He's I think he's something sixth, the sixth highest scoring teenager in in the Premier League on nineteen goals. I think it is. Um, I think Michael Owen was first. Something ridiculous like thirty four. I think Robbie Fairley was up there. Can't remember the the other two or three that was above him, but he was in some great company, and I think we're going to see some serious goals from this boy um, over the next couple of years. Certainly, he's he's a, he's a threat, and you know you've got to watch out for him because he's a handful. Do you what's your sort of opinions on on the Glazers after today, Scott? Because I mean, you look at how much they've spent on Cristiano Ronaldo, and we'll spent more on Fabio Silva. So there's there's a bit of levels there, really, between the two clubs. Should you yeah, really spend I... a bit more on Cristiano Ronaldo when we spend that on Fabio who who in no doubt will probably outscore Ronaldo over his career? Yeah, of course. I, I think that's a that's a dead cert. If you go by Football Manager anyway, I don't know if you guys play Football Manager, but he's, but he's been excellent on Football Manager down the years. Uh, the Glazers, I mean, let's be real. I mean, this is going to maybe not bury the hatchet, but it's going to appease a lot of United fans to bring Ronaldo back. Uh the, the more sensible ones will know that the damage that they're doing to the club is ultimately so much bigger than, you know, any any player that they end up signing. They've taken, what, a billion pounds out of Manchester United. And that's not like... They, they're not investing their own money. So it's, it's really difficult to stomach. They're profiting off the club and they have been all this time. And you just think about it. You look at... A, I'm not saying that I'd want Manchester City's ownership given the, all the, you know, uh, political issues around them. But they've pumped one, two billion into the club, whereas the Glazers have taken out a billion. And that's not going to, it's still not going to wash. I don't think you'll see protests uh, quite like last season, given the business that United have done. But obviously, that'll buy them a bit of time and a bit of, uh, 
you know, it'll please some fans, maybe the more naive ones. Uh, but there's there's still a still an issue there, and it will be there until they sell up. Anything for you, Luke? Um, no, I was just wanting to ask Scott, sort of, now you've signed Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane, fantastic window, hats off to you. What's the minimum expectation for Manchester United this season from a fan's point of view? It's difficult because I was coming into this season not really expecting United to win the league, but I wanted to see a title challenge. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the same. Uh, I don't know whether there might be some out there that think you've just got Ronaldo, you've got Varane, you've got Sancho, you should be winning the league. But there's a lot of teams, there's three teams, three other teams really, who can win the Premier League this season. Chelsea have signed Lukaku. That's a great signing for them. Yeah. City and Liverpool have done it and they've shown consistency over the last few years that United just haven't. And I think they're, I don't want to be greedy, but I think there's still an issue in midfield and you can have Ronaldo, you can have Sancho, you can have Rashford, you can have Greenwood. You've got to get the ball from the midfield to these players to score the goals. And I think that is an issue in certain games and we might see that rock up every now and again. I do think Oli will have this season to challenge for the title. Um, if he finishes outside top four, I think that might be curtains for him. But there's no excuses. They should be reaching that and putting in a title challenge at the minimum, I think. And then next season, perhaps even this season for some fans, but next season, if he doesn't get close to the league again, that'll be a difficult one to stomach. But they're set up now. In terms of their squad, they've got a young uh, crop of players coming through. They've got really experienced players. They've got a good uh, amount of players at their peak. Bruno Fernandes and Pogba are still there doing all the business. The squad's in a much better position now than it has been for years. So a title challenge has to come soon. And with Ronaldo there, maybe a league title can come back. But there's so much competition at the top of the table. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think... um... Touching on, on Chelsea, signing Lukaku, I mean, that could be a game-changer for them. Um, but it, it just makes it a little bit more exciting because we've had so many seasons where it's just been a one-horse race, hasn't it? You know, Man City have gone and stormed it or Man U used to just storm it every year or Arsenal would storm it. You know, if we could have a proper title race where with six games to go, you know, there's four or five points separating City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. You know, I think it, it's what it's what the league needs. It would be the st- it would be brilliant. We we say that almost every year, and then it ends up that somebody does run away yeah. with it. Uh, but we we always say it like, oh, this year it could actually happen. I, I actually mean it. This year it could actually happen, but we will just have to wait and see because City and Liverpool have done the consistency thing and reached levels that nobody's ever reached before. So if they can do that again, it'd be a test to the likes of United and Chelsea to keep the pace with them. Mm-hmm. We've got Dino in the comments section that says United have bought quality, that's for sure. Disappointed we've had lots of speculation, but nothing. We did discuss the Glazers a moment ago. What's your current mindset in regards to Fosun, Luke, and with the uh, the days running out with, on us quickly with the window? They've, they've got a back, Bruno. It's as simple as that. You know, they, they, they brought the club, all this chat about where they want to be, what they want to do, where they want the club to go. But you, you've got to back it as well. You know, I don't want to sound sort of like a brat because we have brought in some quality players. I mean, look where we are now to where we were 10, 15 years ago. We're worlds Five apart. Five years ago. Five years ago, we're worlds apart. But you've got to build on that. And it's it's so obvious to see that we're three players short of the first team slash squad of 
because we're not it's not we're not a million miles away and this is a frustrating thing we're not a million miles away from where we want to be which is sort of around those europa league spaces so the need to pull the finger out and the need to back him there's been a lot of talk it, it's hard to say until the window shut because Folsom could do a madness on transfer deadline day for all we know and they could go and spend 50 60 million they're just so unpredictable like that so I think, but yeah if they don't if they don't back him with two or three signings in how long we've got left now five days or something four four days Tuesday at 11. if they don't back him with two or three signings then serious questions need to be asked about their ambition and and what they're trying to achieve What's your? Um, I know you. I think you said one all earlier, Scott. If you, if you was going to yeah. put some um, charitable bet on, what it would be? Sort of first goal scorer in that. Well, well, there's somebody from the Wolves team because United always fall behind when they play away from home. So uh, it'd be be a nice story for Raúl Jiménez to get one. Uh, I think probably most likely on United side might be Mason Greenwood because he's just. You spoke about him earlier on. He's just so natural. He's he can go with both feet. He's just deadly. He'll fill out as well over the next few years. He's very intelligent. Uh, I would probably make him the the most likely to score on United's end because he's looked really dangerous. But, you know, Bruno Fernandes loves a penalty, so uh, you, you never know. Uh, but, yeah, to be, to be honest, I, I think that Wolves will get a point this weekend. I don't really want to say that, but I think they will. Agree with that, Luke? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll take a point right now. I would take a point against Manchester United. Um, I just hope it's not one of them games where we lose 1-0 and Fred scores in the 73rd minute. You know, those frustrating fixtures. Like, remember Arsenal in the semi-final of the Cup and Christopher Ray broke our hearts. Um, but I want to put my neck on the line. I'm feeling, I'm feeling an end-to-end 3-2, like 3-2 Wolves, like when we played Man City a couple of seasons ago. I'm going to go with a Jimenez brace, Traore, and then from Man United, we'll go Greenwood and Maguire. That would seriously make it a, a proper Sky Super Sunday uh, edition. Scott, thanks for coming on. Hopefully, we'll see you at the uh, 90-minute network Christmas party whenever that's uh, arranged. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Good to be on. Nice one, Scott. Nice to meet you, Scott. Cheers, guys. Right. Thanks, yeah, to Scott uh, coming on there. Luke, what's your sort of memories of United games gone by? We've had a few since 2003 when we got promoted. What sort of games stand out for you? Obviously, uh, the cup quarter at Molyneux. Um, away, we were talking about it today, wasn't we? 2002. And we lost one nil. John O'Shea. John O'Shea early. Perfect goal, yeah. example of what I was trying to explain earlier. Lose one nil to a John O'Shea goal, and we absolutely battered. Well, not that we battered them, but we had some chances, didn't we? We had some really, really good chances. That one really sticks out to me because, God, how old was I? Was only about seventeen at the time, sixteen, seventeen, and like Wolves playing Man United was massive then, wasn't it? It was absolutely huge. Wolves at Old Trafford in a league game. Oh my God. Um, so that one really st- stands out to me. We played him in a pre-season friendly as well, didn't we? In about 1994. Yeah, that's one of my favourite memories. Steve Ball scoring past Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, yeah, that stands out. That was... when we were growing up, like I said, you were the, 
you might be a couple of years older than me, which people might think's a bit daft, but you are. But Peter Schmeichel in like the 93, 95, around them years, he yeah. was like a computer game goalkeeper. Yeah. It seemed impossible yeah, yeah. to score past him, so only yeah. Bolly could do it. It was just... Mental. He lobbed him. Like, it, was, it was like the only way he could score past Peter Schmeichel was to lob him. There's a, a yeah, yeah, Kevin... Yeah. Was um, it sort of like a half volley, sort of inside the foot, dinked it over him? Yeah, I, I think, like it, I think it might so. have been similar to his goal against um, Scotland, where it bounced off his back, and um, yeah, <laughs> Schmeichel came, Schmeichel came running out, and um, yeah, just lobbed it over him. Got um, another Man United guest on now, coming all the way from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, how you doing, Tim? Morning, chaps. It's been a bit of a weird one. Uh, I didn't expect to wake up to uh, to to quite what I woke up to this morning. I've been up about an hour and uh, still can't get my head around it. I was completely at ease with Ronaldo going to City. I was like, you know, end of his career. Uh, he wants to take on Messi one more time. He's a winner. City are the best team in England. I get it. I, I was like... I don't blame him for going. I wasn't mad at him, and and uh, and, but I mean, I woke up this morning to text messages and you know Twitter, and I'm like, that's, that's fucking mental. So, you know, God, you crack on. Really, to swear. Fucking want to. I was just uh, mind blowing. I mean, I, I've had a season <laughs> since '85, and I still have my season tickets now, even though I live here, because at some point I'll come back and. Uh, I've got an eight-year-old daughter now, loves United too. And so I got a second season ticket this year. And well, the mad thing is that um, the new tickets, I've got a literally two rows behind where Ollie sits, you know, behind the bench. So I've suddenly ended up with the best tickets I've ever had. And we've got the best team we've had since Fergie. Um, but having said that, I still think we're behind City. So, you, you know, and, and, Possibly Chelsea, um, maybe Liverpool, but that hurts me to say. Like to say, that took you a bit long to get to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I had to force it out of myself. But I think that I think that Liverpool are the most catchable of those teams. Um, City, I still think, you know, they're phenomenal, phenomenal coach, play amazing football. They've got the best players, and you know they. Grealish will add to them. He's a fabulous football player. Um, you know, and if a team can be talking about possibly letting Raheem Sterling leave, you know, that's a that's a phenomenal football team. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, so that was my morning. I woke up to that and I can't work out where, how we fit him in the team, let alone anything else. I, I, you know, we, we, we haven't got uh, a central midfield at the moment. You, you know, we, we have this this pivot of McTominay and Fred, which, you know, they're good players. They're solid. They're, they're, they're good players. But, you, you know, when you've got a club that has been spoiled by having a great manager, you, you know, the, the expectations of, of challenging, you know, amongst the fan base more than anything else become insane. And so you look at the team in such detail and you're going, all right, where could it upgrade? And you look at City and they've got two players of position everywhere, two players of position. Uh, and if you think that you could or should be competing with City or PSG or Bayern Munich or 
um, then Chelsea, then you need to have that that sort of stuff at your disposal. And, and, and until you clear up such an important area of the pitch, I, I, I think it's difficult. We've got obviously amazing attacking talent now. And I'm hoping that, you know, Varane is a upgrade on, on poor old Lindelof, who, who isn't quite at world class, a, a very keen on Maguire. But I think that, you, you know, he's very isolated at the moment because, you know, we've not found him a partner that, that's got the speed that he hasn't, the recovery that he hasn't. Um, so I, I still think, you know, whilst the last few weeks for us, have been amazing with incoming players because we're used to lots of talk and then ended up with somebody like Igolo on the last day of the transfer window, um, which, again, it, I know it's very spoiled, but like I say, I've, I've grown up with a club that, that that's always had a lot of money because of the fan base. And uh, we've spent the last few years, you know, what to other people looks like spunking loads of money, but to us... It's penny pinching because we know that the the owners have been taking more money than they've been spending out of our club to pay for their buying of the club. So, oh no, sorry, um, that's the glazers <laughs> ringing you to tell you. Stop the slating. Um, so let me try and get the uh, uh, when I see you again. Um, but uh, no, it, it's been. Um, I think you know the, the how we balance the team and uh all that sort of stuff oh he's had enough he, he did had mention enough. earlier that he, he wasn't sort of gutted about um cristiano going to man city it's been 12 years since cristiano ronaldo played for man united it's, do you know what <laughs> what makes me laugh because he's obviously in a different time zone to us so we would have gone to sleep last night thinking fucking hell them bastards have got ronaldo and then he's woke up this morning that he's going back to Man United. So he's going to have a very, very good Friday. Let's bring on one of the um, fancast uh, favourites. What? He's one of our own. He's one of our own. Tim V's back. Stewie All, he's one of our own. Never been described as a favourite before. So that's uh, <laughs> it's a nice thing to say. Tim's what back did as you well, make by the way. to some of uh, Tim's comments there, Stu, about sort of um, Cristiano Ronaldo? If he would have joined Man City, he wouldn't have been disappointed. What do you, would you think? That's fair. He's convinced himself that he's not bothered. <laughs> I think any any of them um, any of them saying that they would have wouldn't mind him going to City. Nah, they're lying to themselves. They'd have been absolutely living <laughs> gutted with me. They wouldn't Did you be see some to... of the videos of the United fans burning the Ronaldo shirts today. Yeah, no, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! So then there's, there's people people reversing the videos so it like comes back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brilliant! It's, it's pathetic. Um, I mean, before he's even signed anything, they're doing that kind of thing for likes and clicks. And, Modern world, eh? I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few Wolves fans who, who did the same when Jota went to Liverpool. Well, it wouldn't have been me. <laughs> well, that's, that's well documented. But yeah, but it's a, it's a level above eight. Incoming back, superb for everyone. Yeah. Uh, into, uh, 
Yeah, well, Gully's uh, Gully's going to look very foolish in a few months' time, isn't he? So. <laughs> Gully's signed up to the Farmers League subscription on uh, <laughs> sports for uh, when Messi goes uh, back to, to what goes PSG against Baguette FC and, and the like. I'm, I'm not sure why he's gone there. The sixth best league in the world. I mean, there's there's levels to this. Cristiano Ronaldo's come back to the hardest league in the world, and that's why, in Martin and Luke's eyes, he is better than Messi and if anyone calls him Ronaldo them getting kicked off the show because his name's Cristiano he'll never <laughs> be Ronaldo oh, no, I do hope you call him Ronaldo I'll have to after what was your opinion on the the, the, the Forest win the other night Stu um, like I said to Stu uh, Luke earlier Buzzies usually comes you know they usually come in twos but they came in fours the other night he was someone was bent to get absolutely battered while they eventually you can't keep playing like that and someone not suffer. So hopefully it's not just because it was Forest and looking at the goals. I mean, for context, that was the first game since 2005 that I haven't watched in some capacity, either live or on telly, um, which is annoying. But maybe you should fault. do more. Yeah. Maybe that's why we won. Yeah, maybe, maybe me, me throwing my toys at the front and saying, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> for cup games kind of worked. But yeah, it's... I mean, I've never been so happy being joint bottom of the league in my life. It's amazing. It's just, it's just superb. It's, I mean, you could, we could quite easily get battered for on Sunday. I don't think we will. But the way we're playing, it's just, I think it's more a case of after the last 18 months of absolute nonsense that we've gone from that to watching this. And it's such a departure. It's so, it's so lovely to see. Yeah. And even players that we all thought, well, some people thought were finished, like Martinho, who, and Neves was <laughs> shackled within a, I mean, they, they got balls and chains, they got spikes and levers all over them, the, the way they've been made to play for the last year and a half. So it, then with freedom, everyone just looks refreshed. Even then, Dunker looks like he's up for it. So yeah, I was buzzing with it. I couldn't, I mean, I, I watched the highlights about three or four times. So I mean, yeah. watching Sky Sports News on repeat, even though it's the same thing. It was, yeah, it was just wonderful. I mean, I mentioned this to Luke earlier. Considering Liverpool played um, Norwich and Burnley in their first two games, the fact that they only had four more shots than us showed just the attacking intent that we've been missing for the last 18 months, didn't it, Stu? Yeah. And, well, not that if you you wouldn't know that if you just watch Match of the Day and believe what they put out. <laughs> the uh, suspect editing there, as usual. But Deli um, Ali was in for the, the Ballon d'Or nomination after last week's <laughs> game, wasn't he, for me and Roy? Oh, fuck you. I didn't even notice him during the game. I didn't notice him one bit until they started talking about him in the highlights that, but yeah, you don't believe anything that's on TV, kids. That's the, that's, that's the input yeah. for that. But yeah. Any, it's, would you make any changes going into the game Sunday, Stu? It's tricky because we know when Marcel's there to protect Sace and vice versa. So, I mean, personally, I'd bring out Nuri in and just go at them. And just go at them, just do it, just do them from the start. But in a sensible world, Marcel's probably going to play. Any, so, I mean, if it was me, I'd play, I'd drop Sace and put Marcel there and with Aitnuri next as wing back and have proper actual wing backs. And then you've got it's not like he's a, he's a foreigner in that position, is he? I mean, he played in the Champions League as a left sided centre back, so. That's the main one that I'd change. Everything else kind of speaks for itself. I mean, Traore, I'm not even going to go into that again. <laughs> but it, it does show that Gibbs White can play there, though, and play there in this system quite well. So I think 
personally, that's all I'd change really for um, Sace for uh, Eight Nuri. Can you give me a quick score prediction, Stu? Three each. Three each. That, as I said, it's going to be an absolute Sky Super Sunday Masterclass if these predictions come off uh, tonight. We've had all these predictions. We've, I'll give you all these stats that says it ain't going to be a nil-nil <laughs> draw. It's going to be an absolute stinker. Stuart, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. I'll see you Sunday. Of course. Dara. You like Stu. Tim, good to have yeah, you back. Hello. Sorry, can I tell you my Wolves history? So, um, like, when I was uh, about 19, I had, uh, no, I must have been a bit younger, about 17 maybe. I met this girl in in France on holiday from Shrewsbury, and uh, we were kind of seeing each other. And I live in Mac lived in Macclesfield. And the what train... What kind of seeing each other mean, Tim? Well, I, I think I thought I was seeing her. But she, you know, but I Man City, Man City thought they were signing Cristiano Ronaldo, but they didn't. <laughs> Worse, uh, but I, I used to to go to Shrewsbury on the train. You had to go via Wolverhampton, and one time I went and surprised her, and she just like said, "What are you doing here? I'm busy." So I was like, "Fuck shit!" And I had to go back. So Wolves were at home, and uh, I can't remember which division they were in. But they only had two sides of the ground open. Um, it was the old uh, South Bank. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And the, yeah. and the new main stand on the right. And yeah. then at the, away, the other end and the left side weren't even open. There were only two sides. And the away fans were in the South Bank next to the Wolves fans. And um, it was uh, when Steve Bull was there. And I ended up like sort of adopting Wolves as like a second team for a while. So whenever United games were cancelled, uh, I was going to Molyneux because I loved Steve Ball, loved the atmosphere. So I've always since then had a, a soft spot for, for the Wolves. And um, actually, um, I've managed Dex's Midnight Runners for a number of years. And Kev Rowland, I don't know if you know, he's a yeah. Wolves fan. You know, I've, you know, taken him to Old Trafford in the past, tried to turn him, but no, Kevin's Wolves all the way. And so we we talk about Wolves quite a lot and we were both kind of gutted when Nuno left. I heard a bit of your conversations just then um, about the football over the last 18 months, but I do think he's a world-class coach. And I, I think that one of the things that I noticed about Wolves over the last 18 months is really unlucky with injury. Um, little bits and pieces that stop the flow of the team. And maybe it was time for a freshen up, but I actually think Wolves are a far better team than people think because of that season. I think they're forgetting that, you know, you had a world-class striker suffer a, a horrific injury. And it's not like you had 10 strikers like United or City or somebody, Chelsea or somebody to just come in and, and replace somebody of that quality. I think um, you've got a lot of fantastic players the culture of wolves has changed so much now um and uh i don't think wolves are going to struggle this season by any means I, I genuinely don't think they're one of those clubs that's going to struggle i just think they have to find a new identity under the new manager um and as for sunday i think uh yeah that, that was just on was right i think to get a result against this united team you just have to go at them 
you have to put that central midfield that I was talking about under pressure because, you, you know, until Varane settles in, the United have a bit of a soft centre. Um, not necessarily that great on set pieces, but also no pace through the middle. So if you've got players like uh, Traore who are direct, you know, as you know, we have players like 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 uh, Martial, Wambisaka, great players, but the end product can be a bit frustrating. And I understand that that's the way a bit with Traore, but he's also lightning. He puts every single player that plays against him on the back foot. So, you know, if I'm Wolves, that's where I go for it. I I find it impossible to predict a United game at the moment because you look at what happened. It depends on the opposition. The only thing is if the opposition is too free-flowing, then what happened to Leeds can happen to any team because of the United attacking talent. You know, I think, you know, if we, 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 it'll take a minute to see the best of Sancho, but he's obviously what he did in Dortmund speaks for itself. Um, Cavani's world-class striker. But we have a, a, you know, we have a very good set of players. I believe in the coach. I know a lot of people don't. A lot of my United fellow United fans don't think Oli's the man. I think that I don't want to see my team changing and chopping, changing and chopping and trying to bring in some mega coach to bring overnight success. I want to see us building a foundation to challenge for a while and not, you know, I think it's amazing what Chelsea did last year. I think Tuchel has proven himself immediately as an instant legend, but, um, you know, you never know how long that will last at Chelsea. You always feel like it changes around the corner. I don't really want that for my club. That's all I mean. What's your opinions on Solskjaer? Look, I'm seems probably going to dis- disagree with me. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean this to become, to sound um, like I'm being disparaging to, to Solskjaer or Nuno, but I, st- I think they're both the same sort of level of coach when it comes to the Premier League. I think they're, fast, they're fantastic at getting one-off game results like Oli showed against PSG in the Champions League, the, the various one-off games that Nuno did. But, but I think over a 38-game season, I think they the fall short from being a good coach to a great coach. I think it's no, there's no doubt, right, that, that there are special, special coaches in world football. Klopp, Guardiola, you know, it looks like Tuchel could be one of those, but he didn't do that great at PSG. You know, it, considering what he had, it wasn't like he, you know, he killed it. But I think, you know, like any any job, you, there's a period of learning, isn't there? Yeah. It's a grade, and, and, and I think, uh, I'd, I'd done a couple of coaching badges when I was younger, and it's it's hard, you know. And I did the basic ones, you know. It was hard work, and 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 so I think to even survive at the under the pressure of of managing Man United to improve us year on year when play when big coaches like LVG and and so forth couldn't handle the expectations and, you know, a spoiled fan base, a, the, 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 terrible fan base at times, United. But I think with Solskjaer, I prefer to see a coach learning on the job that understands the culture of the club. Because I said to somebody the other day, they're like, oh, aren't you disappointed we're not winning trophies? I'm like, well, only a certain number of clubs can win trophies every year. If when I go to Old Trafford, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like we can be competitive and entertained 
and may challenge for me as a football fan it started going in 85 when you know it we hadn't won the league in in 20 years and so forth and i i'm pleased with what Solskjaer's brought to the club i just think you know great transfer window and those players don't come if they think the coach is shit you know certainly not sancho or or varan he must have been compelling in his discussions and, and with ronaldo too ronaldo's a winner he wants to win so yeah. i think i think i i i don't have the expectancy that united have to win the league or european cup every year because that's just who do you think you are you have to earn it so i'm i'm I just i love ollie as well you know i was obviously there in 99 i missed three matches that season like you, you know uh, the whole season home and away europe it was just that one season when and um, when i lived in england i rarely missed an away match home away europe let alone home games it's been one of the hardest things about moving to america is you know that was my life that was the the only thing i had outside music was football you know that um so i i i don't want to change i don't want i don't want to start again I want to see where we can go with this you know you know what i mean i i think ollie is what's holding man united back i think when you think of manchester united you think of the best the creme de la creme the best of the best the top of the top especially for my generation sort of i got into football around 92 93 so all them Premier League years, it was just Man United, Man United, Man United, Man United, a little bit of Arsenal. Um, and I just, not that I dislike Ollie, I think he was a fantastic footballer. I mean, when he played for Man United, he was his role as super sub, fantastic, he scored some brilliant goals. Um, I just think as a coach, he just falls a little bit short of being what Man United want and need to get back to that level of being the best of the best. Because ultimately... That's where Man United fans would like to be, probably where they were in the, the mid-90s to the, the mid-noughties. You're totally um, right. And I think like, uh, the, the fans that have grown up in your area definitely think that. But like for me, for instance, Fergie came in 86. Mm. We didn't win the league for six years. You know, yeah. and, and you, you know, it's easy to forget that, that, that like I say, that coaching's a craft. And Ollie's making high-end mistakes. You know, we saw that in the champ in the Europa final. We've seen it in the Champions League last year, where we didn't even get out of the group we should have won. You know, with the talent in the in the team. But like you say, there are there are certain games and certain runs of games where you see everything clicking, and he's got to learn how to keep it consistent. But I also look around and go, who, who, who are we bringing in? Instead yeah. of a good question, Tim, one uh, Dino in the comments section says, who would be your ideal manager if? Luke mentioned United being like, you know, creme de la creme and that. They tried it with Mourinho, they tried it with Van Gaal, neither manager, like you mentioned earlier, Tim, that knew the culture of the club. They were they were good at what they did. Um, did they both win silverware at United? I know Joe's out. Did yeah. Van Gaal? They both did, did yeah, both Van Gaal. Um, sacked after winning the cup, he, uh, which I thought was uh, atrocious. You know, the, mm-hmm. as much as I hated his football, he just won the FA Cup and as he's walking out of the Wembley, there's a he gets a text message that Josie's got his job. Horrible. Yeah. What a shit football club for doing that. Um, I, I don't know is my answer to that. You know, my ideal manager for the club is, is, is Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, it, it's it's the same as if you ask an Arsenal fan now, 
you, you know, and, and I have a lot of Arsenal fan mates who obviously were tearing into me during the Moyes Van Hal era. You know, you're nice as shit. Play horrible football. You're finished. And it's like, wait till Wenger leaves. Wait till <laughs> you lose a world-class legendary manager who is irreplaceable. Yeah. You know, it's, whoever comes in after a legend is screwed. Yeah. Tim, um, we, we made the point earlier, you look at the, the window that Man United have had, um, Varane, Sancho, and now Cristiano Ronaldo, and you've spent less than what Arsenal have this window. Um, someone's cut uh, Jordan P in the comments. How much of a deciding factor do you think Fergie was in the re-signing of Ronaldo? How, how much I, I mean, is he still know, pulling behind the, the curtains? We have no idea, do we? I can, I, you know, you, 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 could, you would hope that he was involved because they obviously, you know, every time you read Ronaldo interviews about Sir Alex, it, it's like he's my football father. And, 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 you know, obviously I saw 99% of Ronaldo's games for United in the flesh. So I experienced the, the early times of frustration with him because of him diving and the silly tricks and then staying on his ass if he got tackled properly. You know, so, you know, we saw him go from this kid that was a bit of a show pony, exciting, fitted United, but was really used to annoy, especially away fans, um, to, to winning us over because he started winning games on his own. You know, we you, you know, we had a great team with Ronaldo and Tevez and Rooney, but he was winning games on his own at times. There was literally times where, you know, I remember Fulham away. It was nil-nil. We couldn't get going. He picked up the ball eight minutes ago on the halfway line. Ran past the whole team and smashed it in the net. Did it at Porto away. Scored a goal from 40 yards. Oh, when, I remember that goal. Do, do you remember? In the, the, Brilliant. Roma away where he scored a header. He literally ran. For, you know, and, and, and it was superhuman. I know he's not that player anymore, but the, the one thing I think he will really bring, and I think that Cavani has brought to United too, is that, and Cantona brought it when he came, is is changes the mentality of training. You know, because if, if you, you're expected to win in training, you know, you've got people who just win, win, win. You, you look at the, the, I saw this amazing interview you might have seen with Gary Nevin, Roy Keane walking the dog. Um, yeah. Yesterday, no, yeah. I mean, you know, Keane actually started to become likable. I never thought that was possible that, that you could ever like Roy Keane as a person, but now in that interview, you sort of see that he would be a good laugh to be around. He'd literally of... tackle his own grandmother to win exactly. a game of Monopoly, wouldn't he? <laughs> exactly. And 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 I, I think that we all mistake that sometimes. And, and the reason why I, I genuinely was at peace with Ronaldo going to City. Is because I see Ronaldo as that character. He's only driven by winning and by yeah. being the greatest, by taking on Messi. I think he's taken a risk coming to us instead of going to City. Do you 100% believe that now that Man City haven't signed Kane this window? Could that be the difference between you finishing above City? I think they're too good. I, 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 think, they, I think if I was a City fan... Honestly, I'd be a little bit relieved because for all this short-term pain, they now are back in the race for Hip Harlan next time. Yeah. And he's a transformational player. He's yeah. a player that whoever signs him is going to attract everybody else. So I thought that if they get Kane, Chelsea get Big Rom, 
uh, Real Madrid getting back, then I don't see Haaland going to PSG. I think he wants to come to the Premier League. I don't think he wants to go by Munich. I think he'll feel like he's done that league. Yeah. More money in the Premier League. And if you look at what's happening now, obviously PSG are the Galacticos, but the British Premier League, think about when we were kids. It was like when Sebastian Veron came and we were all like, oh my God, <laughs> a player has come to England in their 20s. It was mind-blowing. Look at what we get now. As Premier yeah. League fans, you've got Matinho playing for your team. You've got Jimenez playing for your team. You know, these are players who 25 years ago, we'd have loved, you'd, you'd have thought it would have been a dream for United to sign players. That like. was only accessible via computer games, wasn't the Luke? Yeah, FIFA and Football Manager, that was it. It's amazing times. For, for, I was, the, the, the main thing, that the other thing I said yesterday when I thought Ronnie was going to City was, wow. Imagine being a kid at Southampton, a kid at like, you know, any club where you've got a season ticket and you know that one week you're going to go and you're going to see one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, Tim, Luke's, Luke's, Luke's heartbroken for his son who's going to miss out on Cristiano Molyneux because he signed too late. Yeah, my lad's gutted. He's absolutely gutted. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit gutted as well, but I don't want to say that too late because... Do you, look, Luke... Later in the season, you can have one of my. Uh, you can take him to see United uh, in my seats. I mean, that. like it might be a League Cup game or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But later in the, the season, take your son. I have my two seats, and um, if I'm not there, um, you know, you take your son to see him. It's what the sort of thing that I'm talking about is that is that you know, imagine if I was able to say to my daughter, I saw Pele play. Yeah, you, you know, this is what it's like now. You know, Ronaldo and Messi. I, I, I just can't, I just can't believe that the the Premier League is now where we used to see the Spanish league or Serie A. We used to watch those games on a Sunday on TV. Go, wow! They get all the Brazilians. They get yeah. all the great players, the great Italians, and they're all they all want to come to the, the Premier League. They want to know. Do you want to know another reason why I dislike Messi so much, Luke? <laughs> about, about a year or so ago, Argentina were playing Italy in a friendly at the Etihad. I decided to take my old man because my dad loves Messi. Yeah. He's in the squad, Messi. He doesn't play in the game. Oh, so I make what? all this effort to take my dad to see Messi, <laughs> even though I hate Messi, and he doesn't even <laughs> step his foot on the pitch. And I just, Cristiano's shoulders above for me, and I'll, I'll die on that hill. Yeah. Tim, obviously we're, 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 Wolves, we're Wolves podcast. Uh, who are you fearing in our side Sunday? And what's your score prediction? But Well, like, you know, you saw at the weekend, you saw what can happen, you, you know, if a team plays with confidence. And um, I also think that the, what I actually fear, I know it sounds a weird thing to say, is the home fans. Because I think that the, the first two games of these these seasons so far, the team that's been at home, if they get a tiny bit of momentum, you saw it especially on that first night, Brentford Arsenal, because the fans are so excited to be back. It's such an amazing thing to actually have an outlet for all of our weekly frustrations. But to go somewhere, we'd be around people that we love. 
and to be back in that you know wolves is an intimidating place intimidating place to go when that place is rocking it's close to the pitch the fans are all proper fans it's like going to tottenham you know you, you're not going to go and tottenham you'd never feel like you you're going for a nice day out like you are at Arsenal or Chelsea even or you know or United where there's a lot of kind of tourists and a family vibe you know and I'm not saying families don't go but what I mean is it most it feels people, like a bit old school yeah but most people yeah. most people that are, are going to see wolves are live within 30 mile of the ground you you, you know it's a yeah. proper yeah. club so um we have I think corrupted it's, by the corporate yet, to a degree you don't think so? I don't think Wolves have been corrupted by the corporate side of football in regards to... I, st I still think it's a, a predominantly working-class oh, fan yeah, yeah, yeah. on I match days. I, say, I think Wolves is a proper club. I think it yeah, is. Yeah. I, I think I'd be proud to be a Wolves fan. And, and you know, the, the, it's smart with even the names of the stands. They even think about, you know, the, the legacy and history of the club. Yeah. It's a proper club. And, and I, like I say, my memories of Wolves are Steve Ball staying you know, I remember um, one time I remember somebody ran for local council and I had a, a poster that said Vote Wolves um, with that amazing old school logo, the, the sort of drawn wolf um, that was amazing. So I, I think that's the, the thing for Wolves. If they get their fans going, they've got the players, they get their fans going, then they can make United nervous and... And I, I don't think it will be a big score, high scoring game, honestly. I think it'll be quite tight. You know, I want to think that we'll react well to last week and win 2 1. Um, but that's with bias. I'm not confident in that prediction. I'm not going, I don't think like, oh, this is a three point game. I, um, especially not at this point in the season when, again, it's such a weird summer. You know, the Olympics, Euros, last season was a lot of work and it finished really late so i don't think we're seeing the best of any teams until after christmas yeah so i think there's going to be some mad results i mean spurs beat city you know it's it, it, it and to me that's a shock because city spurs are, even beat us which was a shock as well was well, that terrible <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think tottenham are good but i just think city are phenomenal I, oh I yeah, mean, of course, of course. You know, I, um, I think as well. If you, when you're playing one of the bigger clubs, the better clubs, the top six, big six, whatever you want to call them, it's it sometimes works in your favour if you can get them early in the season, before they've got the momentum and exactly. they've got their swag, their mojo, whatever else. You know, so sometimes the worst time to catch your Man Uniteds or your Man Cities, your Liverpools, is November when they're just getting into the groove and things are starting. February, to clear. March, February, March. Yeah, you know, when 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 the league league race comes if one of those teams has got a momentum you saw it with city last season when they start winning yeah and you, you just can't stop them winning they just relentless then don't they but whereas that right now united haven't got half their team you know i'd, I'd be shocked if sancho Cavani, Varane start at the seat at the weekend you know we're, we're way behind if certainly won't see ronnie and we certainly won't see um uh rashford obviously he's injured um, Tomine's injured. You know, it's a good time to catch us. Um, good time to catch us. I, I think, from a Wolves fans' point of view, I think Wolves fans have to take a lot from. We've had two Manchester United fans on now, and you've predicted a two-one Man United win with bias, as you said. The Scott predicted a one-one draw. I think that just 
that's testament to how far Wolves have, have come. Because 10 years ago, 99% of Man U fans would have seen Wolves at Molyneux as a routine 2-0 Man United win. 100%. But, but now Man United fans don't see us that way. I think we, Wolves fans should take a lot of credit from that and, and sort of try and embed that up, up there and, and realise where we are now to, to, to where we were 10 years ago. Five years ago, as Dan mentioned earlier. One of the best things that I thought Roy Keane said in that interview with Gary Nev was when he was talking about his time managing Sunderland and he was talking about how the first five years after promotion is just about survival, to build a foundation to become a Premier League team. If you think about it, for Wolverhampton Wanderers, who went down to Division 4, to now be, say, again, a great historic club, is now an established Premier League club, a place where international players will go. You're not Norwich. You're not... Say it, Tim. Say West Brom, Tim. (laughs) I mean, you know, West Brom just lost 6-0 to Arsenal. Arsenal, West Brom, <laughs> let a goalkeeper score against him in the last minute of the game. <laughs> West Brom, surely, come on. But no, seriously, Wolves are an established club now, but that's because they've got a world-class coach in, in Nuno. I know you think he's not like Guardiola, but he he did put you in this. Uh, it was a lot of the reason that you're in this position because yeah. he attracted world-class players, played fantastic, smart football, work with what he had and took a club that needed to establish itself and established itself. And maybe you both needed a change. Maybe that was the right thing to do because, you know, I've just left the company I've been working for for eight years because I just need to freshen up and I need to go and learn again. And I I think it will be good for everybody in the long term. And I just think with Nuno, you know, sometimes an opportunity comes along I know that they got rid of him before that, but I think he, he had to try and take a step up in his career just for his own personal career's sake. I know loyalty is important to us as fans, but, you know, football's a hard career and it, it's short and it can be brutal. I mean, how many managers can we name who seem to be like John Gregory? You know, he mm-hmm. was a top manager at one point. David you know? O'Leary. Yeah, I mean... Where's he now? Yeah, who are these? Where are all yeah. these people? You know, um, and there's loads of names like that. Mm-hmm. So I do get it that, that people, and that's why I said the same about Ronaldo. It, you know, because of what I do for a living, I've seen, I have to get over the emotion of things. And it was just business. If he'd have gone to City, it's legacy building. I Like, I don't blame anybody for choosing Man City over Man United right now who wants to win something. I'm not angry at those people anymore. I'd have loved Jack Grealish. Loved him. Brilliant player. I love Raheem Sterling. Love Kevin De Bruyne. You know, I, did, I didn't know anything about Jutta. Didn't, didn't know. He's, he's been a revelation to me at Liverpool. I had no idea he was that good. Yeah. It, it was not a signing that worried me. I did not see that coming. Didn't see it coming, but he looks like a phenomenal signing. And I think there's a, a, a lot of players at Wolves like that. And it'll be really interesting to see under new coaching what players turn into if they're under a different set of instructions with more freedom than Nuno Ball. Yeah. You, you know, 
But, you've, you've, yeah, touched, that... you've, touched, you've touched on it there, Tim. We had one uh, co- a question from the, the comment section saying, would Tim like like to have uh, United to have signed Ruben Neves? You talked about that midfield, um, Fred and McTominay. How, how much of a, a good addition would Neves have been there? Perfect. Just just obviously one of the the two perfect players in, in the UK, in, in Declan Rice um, and... And Ruben Nevers, I mean, he's proven his his intelligence is is unbelievable. I, I read recently that he's looking to play a bit more of a forward role in the new Wolves setup, which means that he wouldn't want to come to United because we definitely need a holding player. We need a we need a holding player, and uh, but I think he's a fabulous player, and I think. Um, again, it's just like I say, you, you bring up names like that, Neves and Moutinho. These are players that would easily sit in our team. You know, they're world-class footballers. And, and um, you know, football's like all about chemistry and context. And Neves a fantastic player. The player of my dreams in that position is Jude Bellingham. I think that if we got him, then you've got 15 years of, of, of a world-class player. I think yeah. whoever gets him, Chelsea get him. Him and Haaland, I think I'll have the you know, obviously Mbappe amazing. Um I'm not a big Neymar fan. I, I just think that 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 those sort of players that have got it all, like the, the commitment and the the love of the game. Because I do feel like Haaland is a pure footballer, you know, like he, he you can he's tell. He's so focused, isn't he? In what he and wants and his goals. He's just, he's, I think I look at Harden like he's just a machine. Isn't that like he was built to succeed in football. And who's the last player who was exactly like that? It's Cristiano. Mm. Like, you know, like a, you know, physical specimen yeah. Yeah. can do it all, can do it on his own, can play team football if you need him to. I, I think Harlan's, um, Haaland's got anywhere he can go. I think Bellingham too. Like, think about that kid. He's like, he's 19 and he's bossing central midfields in Germany yeah. at 19. That's mental. And Nevis as well, you know, he's, you know, they come over from different leagues and come into the hardest, best league in the world. And, and people are all looking at Nevis going, nah, fancy that one, fancy him. And, and it won't just be United trying to sign him over the next couple of years you know there's a the cat's out of the bag on him now fantastic football player um there's a you know cody's a great football player you know he's 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 numbers you you know people don't spot them because they're only looking at the big players but you know he's a very efficient player you you know there's a reason why people like southgate trust him you know I, i i I think it's 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 hard to be like Norwich at the moment. I get that, but I think most of the sort of top fifteen Premier League teams, it's an amazing time to be a fan of them because we're seeing the the best players that have ever been to our grounds in our lives. In and we couldn't have imagined it when we were younger. And that's why, for me, I'm not so asked about whether we find the next big coach because you know somebody asked before who's my ideal coach I haven't got a clue because Tuchel's at Chelsea he's obviously one of the best Klopp we can't touch Klopp you know you know and 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 as much as I hate them more than anything he's an amazing coach amazing Guardiola amazing coach you know 
I don't want. Who's coaching. following on from these coaches? It, what? Who's following on from them coaches? Well, the Nagelsmann at, at Bayern Munich looks that, that looks like he he's got the ability, um, but it'll come from nowhere, won't it? You know, it'll be somebody we don't expect, and hopefully Bruno Large. We, you never know. You don't know because that's how these coaches come about, don't they? I mean, we, we talk about Alex Ferguson now. When he was at Aberdeen, nobody would have been speaking about him. Would that was it? Seven before Aberdeen as well. And, yeah, you know, I mean, they have just come from now where these coaches they have, have three good seasons with a club that nobody expects, and it's like, wow, okay, give him an opportunity to step up. He does it again, and then they at the big clubs. Aren't they? didn't even do that. He, it wasn't like he, he when he signed came to uh, uh eight, wasn't it? Arson who? That's yeah, yeah. that was the headline yeah. on the paper, wasn't it? There was um fan demonstrations saying they didn't want him because he was from Grandpa's eight and no yeah. one had ever heard of him and those Arsenal fans and eating humble pie again for getting him sacked in the end, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. You, 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 and this is the thing, is is we don't know it because you look at like um it could have been um any of those coaches that have taken a step up, or it could be somebody who's learning on the, on the job at the moment. Do you know who's impressed me recently, even though he's, and this is an example of what I'm saying about learning and, and getting better, is I just think I've taken the piss out of this guy for the last 10 years, but Brendan Rogers. Oh, is, fantastic. He should be the next England manager for me. Brilliant coach. Brilliant, brilliant coach, coach Tim. If he wasn't for Stephen Gerrard falling on his arse, he'd, he'd have a Premier League winners' medal now. That guy. Gerrard's another one, though. I think Gerrard will have a decent coaching career. Agreed. Agreed. Again, these people, I hate them, but it doesn't mean that I can't just step back and go. Oh, and appreciate them. You know, and I do think that 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 you you just don't know, and that's the beauty of this game. Is is you know when we signed Ronaldo the first time, I remember this. A million percent clearly, because I have MUTV. I'm that sad. You know, I've got MUTV. And they show all the pre-season friendlies live. And uh, we played Sporting Lisbon. And he tore us a new one. It was, on sh oh, shy to shreds, didn't they? It was, it was, it was like, who the hell's this kid? Don't even know who he is. And we were all talking about it on the forums the next day. Who's that kid who just tore us apart? And um, But nobody knew about him until that game. Mm. Behind the scenes, they did. Liverpool had talked to him. Arsenal had talked to him. United were talking to him. But we didn't, as fans, you know, like, yeah. you know, one of the things that's really annoying about modern, being a modern day fan is social media. Because, you know, some are, you know, fucking indie colour and all these in the know people who are, you know, and, and so they'll bring up some obscure player. I remember it happened with Mkhitaryan, right? You know, and there was like talk of Mkhitaryan to Liverpool. And there was this, the whole summer where Liverpool fans were going on, Mickey this, Mickey that, Mkhitaryan's going to change everything. I'm like, who watches German football? Who watches German football on their weekend to and know? To the degree where you know exactly how good this player this and is. You're totally right with social media because there's too many accounts out there now that just tweet or Facebook or Instagram so much bullshit like they know and they haven't got a clue. Just, oh, winds me up. Well, but people saying that, you know, that, you know, that, what's his name? Hassan, I don't know how you say it, A O U R. Uh, yeah, our. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the French fullback. He's a winger, isn't he? He's a winger. Mm. I haven't, I haven't got, you know, all these Arsenal fans saying, let's get him, let's get him, get him. Based on what? 
All these United fans saying, Camavinga, Camavinga, Camavinga. Who's watching Wren play football? Who's watching Wren play football? I think it's like a lot of football fans with, with Fabio Silva because he was some sort of based on football manager. They just assume that it, it translates onto the real pitch, doesn't well, it? I am. Like, I've got football manager loaded right here now because I'm going to blast the shit out of it once I finish this. But all jokes aside, people do take the mick out of football manager. But it's actually, it is an effective scouting tool. Don't get me wrong, they, they get some stuff wrong. You know, they probably get more wrong than they get right. But you, honestly, it's it shouldn't be mocked as much as it is. That's all who, I'll say. Who doesn't? What football fan hasn't gone through a football manager obsession phase? Because if there is one, they're a moron. Because it's, it's, it's like saying you've never played FIFA or never played ISS. Is that what? What? Yeah. You know, that, that, come on. You know, you, you, it, football manager is amazing. And weirdly enough, um, I know the fellow who was part of starting it. And um, uh, he's like an MBE now, a big Watford fan. And um, Is that that Miles Jacobson, yeah. is it? Or? Miles, yeah. You know Miles Jacobson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. He was in the music no industry. He, he, he used to be a publisher. And the reason I, I know Miles is because in the late 80s, I had my first job in London. And I, this is mental. But like at the time, I used to follow the Stone Roses around. And um, this woman from the Daily Star called me up and said, do you want to come and work in London? I'll pay you £300 a day. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? I'm from Macclesfield. I'm definitely coming to London. <laughs> and I stayed at my grand's. And I was working in the office at the Daily Star. So all I used to do was phone, like, public relations people for indie bands and say, can I come to your gig tonight? I work at the Daily Star. And they'd be like, somebody from the Daily Star is coming to watch the House of Love or something like that. So I was going out to like a million gigs in London. I'd literally go to three a night. And I would always bump into these lads. And there's one lad who was really mad. And he would say to me, this year, I've been to 232 gigs. I've had 27 backstage passes. I've had 190 guest lists. And he was like that. He's like a proper, like, you know, nerd, obsessive. And um, that's Miles. He <laughs> used to follow all these bands around. And he was a fan. And then next thing you know, he went to food records where he worked with people like Blur and stuff like that. And then he moved into publishing. And he was the first person to work out that there was a business to be had putting music in computer games. And then he did the 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 manager thing and um and he's a lovely bloke he's 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 totally you wouldn't believe that he's super rich and an mbe and all that stuff mm. but he's still that same like nerdy guy who's really nice loves his football team loves music like you wouldn't believe um but uh i just look at him and think mate you've done something that kind of changed the world you know yeah. like you know yeah. like, it's 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 a cultural amazing thing that he, people... he's responsible for a hell of a lot of divorces he's neglected <laughs> children as well <laughs> it's true it's true just, it's that thing of like sitting there with you whatever thing you were playing it on going right one more game one more game yeah, yeah. just yeah. see how we get on next weekend because it's the cup game oh but if we win the next one we'll go into playoff position <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. I can't exit a game when I lost. We'll, we'll start on the yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. If I, I go to bed on a win, then you have a really good win. I say, oh, well, while I'm on a roll, you know, it, let's just play the rush. Let's just yeah. play. And then you lose and think, oh, well, I'll just go out on the win. 
Fabio Silva started to kick. I've got to play another game. <laughs> Maybe. He's invented something more addictive than crack. I tell you, I mean, I think it's, I think you know, if you, th- you look at life, like I'm dead proud that I've worked with Mike Skinner and loads of other people, and I look at like Mike and I think, fucking hell, man, you've done something that changed British music. You did, you know, you know that was a big rap album, and now British music is British rap. Yeah. If you look at it, like you, you know, the, the 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 biggest stars in British music are now all British rappers. Yeah. At the time when original pirate material came out, British rappers were like skinny man. You know, it was it was niche. it was laughed at, wasn't it? British rap sort of Literally. in the late nineties, sort of when when that album came out. No, and so I look at people like him, and I look at people like you know, and I work with the Zootons too, who wrote that song Valerie and. You know, I look at them sometimes to Dave, who mainly wrote the song, and I sort of say to him, Dave, mate, you've written a song that's part of life. Like, you know, it's it's everywhere I walk, I hear that fucking song. And you did that on your guitar in Liverpool, and, and you've changed the world in a, in a minor mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And and I think that, that that's the dream, isn't it? And, and I think it brings us right back round to Ronaldo, is that there are certain people in the world, Ronaldo is definitely one of them, who understand that they have a place in folklore. The echelons. And they're not afraid of it. They yeah. run towards it. They say, what can I do? I'll, you know where I haven't won? Italy. I'll go to Italy. What can I do? What would be an amazing story? Oh, maybe I'll go to back to England and do it again. He, he understands that's and that is what makes him the GOAT, in my opinion. I know I know. probably 50% of the people will disagree with me, 50% of the people will agree with me, because that's just the way that certain debate works. But that is why he is the GOAT and will always, in my opinion, be above Messi. But we've seen the two best players in the world. We've seen, we've, you know, I think Maradona pushes him. But I think if you look at overall career achievements... These two are the greatest of all time. Yeah, and that imagine, imagine that. Like, because before that, the, we had some great players: Zidane, Big Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, amazing in their time, but never as dominant as these two. Never in, never nobody's ever been as individually dominant in an eleven-man game as these two players. I think that's that's what at their time in Spain. Those two players, I, you just, we were lucky to be alive when they were at their peak. I think, you know, the, although I do think Haaland and Bap yeah, definitely. Are, are, the, are the two future players. And yeah. whoever gets either of those players, I love Bap. I think he's amazing. Although, again, slightly biased, but I think that we've actually got the closest thing to him. Outside of that, in Mason Greenwood, I think that in in two two years' time, look at his feet, look at his pace, look at his finishing. He had a terrible season last season because he messed up on that England thing. He had some injuries, he had some attitude issues, but a fully focused Mason Greenwood, I think, keeps anyone out of our team. Honestly, I think he's he's my he's the player. That is the future of Manchester United for me. Yeah, we discussed that earlier, didn't we, Luke? He's 
he's got to be pushing for the World Cup squad at the end of yeah, the season. Right. Mason Greenwood, obviously, there's some class players in front of him. You've already mentioned Sterling, Phil Foden, Stockport, Iniesta. You still got Harry Kane up front, Jack Grealish. The list goes on. But yeah. I think coming into the season, Mason Greenwood will be there or thereabouts. I think he takes over from Kane long run. I think he'll be England's number nine. Do you I see really... him, Do you see Greenwood as sort of playing down the middle? Hundred percent moving forward. Hundred percent. He's a number nine. He's a number this... nine. This is what I mentioned on our podcast earlier on in the week, Luke. I think the, one of the things that we're struggling with um, with our formation at the moment is when we get in, when we get our fullbacks into good positions, we're reliant on him and has been on every single cross because Trinko and Adama, they're not like a Rashford or a Greenwood who can play down the, the middle and instinctively know where to be for tappings. Yeah, 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 spot. yeah. I think that's what we're yeah. missing in the in the in the, the front three. Last couple of um, last few comments in the sections. Um, Stuart was on before your team says, I watch Rens because I'm that sad. <laughs> That's, that is actually true, though. That is actually true. Wish I had the time. Wish I had the time. <laughs> uh, Jordan P, uh, never got into football manager, feels too much like work and you don't get paid for it. When you look at football manager from a coding point of view, it's so simple, but the most complicated thing to implement, the, the credit's all there, isn't it? Um, King Sacrificer, uh, I'm a brand new Wolves fan and keep on a couple of podcasts, including yours. Thanks for that, King Sacrifice. Uh, nice appreciate all the like support. That. Thanks for coming on today, Tim, and obviously you, Thank Luke. You. I'm going to go and order myself a takeaway from Wolverhampton Eats. And Thank thanks you. again to uh, everyone who's uh, participated this evening and continues to listen and support uh, the Wolves Fancast on the 90-minute network. Have a good weekend, gents. You too. Luke, I was serious about that thing. Get my details off of Dan. Honestly, mate, that is... That is one of the nicest gestures I think that's ever happened on a football podcast. That's amazing, mate. Honestly, thank you so much. I honestly really, really appreciate that. Get my details, my email, and then um, as the season goes on and we see where he's he's likely to play, Yeah. even if it's a Saturday for a Premier League game, you'll have to miss a Wolves game and take him to watch United one weekend. But it'll be, as long as we can make sure it's a game he's going to play in, that that uh, my friend sent me videos from the seat from the Leeds game. It's mental. They were on match of the day and everything. It's no you're on the halfway line, two roads behind the uh, subs bench, and and literally Ollie sits in the row the seat, two seats in front of mine. I can't wait to sit in it, but you'll definitely be there with your kid. I promise. That's, that's amazing, mate. Honest to God, that's really amazing. Thank well, you. I mean, it's a pleasure. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Brilliant, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be hitting you up after this, Tim, because I'm off to see Mark Skinner at the the new Birmingham Carlin Academy next Friday. Oh, brilliant! Enjoy Excellent. your weekend, everyone. Me too. All right, Tim, pleasure. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.